thank you for tuning in to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, J.M. I am indeed D.C. Lundberg at the helm of another episode of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or TLOPN, brought to you by Rock Auto. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked on Mariners podcast or any program here on Tloppin'. Just say, hey, smart device, why don't you play Locked on Team Name here podcast? Follow us on Twitter as well, gang, at LO underscore Mariners, and follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G for those who are scoring at home. It is Tuesday night, October 27th, 2020, Anno Domini, and this season's World Series is now officially history. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers, who won the 2020 Fall Classic four games to two over the Tampa Bay Rays. We're going to talk about it on tomorrow's episode, and John Miller will be joining me to do that. But tonight, we're going to remember another classic World Series. Last night, we looked back at the great 1991 one World Series, and tonight we're going back to 1975. The participants in this one, the Cincinnati Reds and Boston Red Sox, both teams laced with future Hall of Famers. Carlton Fisk, Carl Yastrzemski, and Jim Rice played for the Red Sox. Fred Lynn, who was the first player ever to win Rookie of the Year and MVP the same season, patrolling center field in Fenway. And plus, you've got borderline Hall of Famer Dwight Evans. And on the pitching side, Luis Tiant and Bill Lee anchoring the starting rotation. And over to the Reds, who boasted Johnny Bench, Hall of Famer. Tony Perez, Hall of Famer. The late Joe Morgan, Hall of Famer. Pete Rose would have been a Hall of Famer if not for the gambling issue. George Foster, borderline Hall of Famer. Ken Griffey Sr., borderline Hall of Famer. I'm telling you, gang, this team was stacked on the offensive side of the ball, and they had a pretty decent pitching staff to go with it, anchored by Don Gullett in the starting rotation and Raleigh Eastwick at the end of the bullpen. The Reds won 108 games in the regular season and were just coming off a sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates in the National League Championship Series, three games to none. The Red Sox, on the other hand, finished with a record of 95-65 and 65 and had also swept the American League Championship Series, sending the Oakland Athletics home. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, the Oakland Athletics were coming off three straight World Series victories and were bucking for a fourth. Red Sox stopped them in their tracks to set up this classic 1975 World Series. Game 1 took place in Fenway Park on October 11th, 1975, with Luis Tiant of the Red Sox facing Don Gullett of the Reds. And it was Luis Tiant who came up aces in this game, throwing nine scoreless innings, a complete game shutout in a 6-0 victory. The Red Sox, incidentally, scored all six of their runs in the seventh inning. Tiant led off the inning with the single. Yes, they were in an American League park, and the designated hitter had been used in the American League for a couple of seasons now, but these days in the World Series, the pitcher hit in both leagues. The designated hitter would first be used in a World Series the following 
following year, 1976. But back to the game. Luis Tiant's on first base with a single. Dwight Evans then reaches base on a uh, sacrifice bunt, which was scored a fielder's choice. Tiant's on second. Evans is on first. Denny Doyle hits a single, but Tiant doesn't score. He advances to third base. But that loads the bases for future Hall of Famer Carly Ostremski who hits a single to score Tiant. Bases are still loaded with Clay Carroll coming in to replace Don Gullett, and he walks Carlton Fisk with the bases loaded to force in Evans. Clay Carroll's short day is done, and he is relieved by Will McEnany, who fans Fred Lynn for the first out of the inning, but the bases are still loaded. That brings up Rico Petroselli, who hits a two-run single to score Doyle and Yaz. Rick Burleson then hits a single of his own to score Fisk and send Petroselli to third base. Burleson advanced to second base on a throw home. Cecil Cooper then hits a uh, sacrifice fly, scoring Petroselli and sending Burleson to third base. But Luis Tiant, who had led off the inning, fouled out to the first baseman to complete this inning, which was so great for the Red Sox and so hellish for the Reds. 6 nothing was the score at this time. And what does Tiant do? Shuts the Reds down. 1-2-3 in the very next half frame. He also shuts the Reds down 1-2-3 in the ninth inning to end the ball game. A complete game shutout once again from Luis Tiant to give the Red Sox a 1-0 series advantage. The Reds would take the next game to even up the series in a come-from-behind win. Red Sox would score one in the uh, first inning. Reds would tie it up in the fourth. And the Red Sox would go, to, go ahead 2-1 in the sixth inning. And then in the ninth inning, Johnny Bench leads off with a double. Dick Drago then comes in to uh, replace Bill Lee on the mound, who who induces Tony Perez to ground out, and then George Foster to fly out. Dave Concepcion hits a double then to score Bench, and then steals second base. Ken Griffey Sr. then doubles in Concepcion to give the Reds a 3-2 lead. Cesar Geronimo is intentionally walked, and then Raleigh Eastwick comes up and he grounds out. Raleigh Eastwick then sets the Red Sox down 1-2-3 in the bottom of the ninth inning to give the Red Sox that 1-1 series tie and a 3-2 come-from-behind victory. Game 3 would go 10 innings, and this would be a 6-5 victory for the Cincinnati Reds, although the Red Sox did get on the board first. In the second inning, the Reds would score 2 in the 4th and 3 in the 5th for a 5-1 lead. Boston would score 1 apiece in the 6th and 7th, and then they would score two in the ninth inning to tie the ball game on a Dwight Evans two-run home run. On it would go into the tenth inning, and in the bottom of the tenth, Cesar Geronimo leads off with a single. Ed Armbrister reaches on an error, trying to sacrifice Cesar Geronimo to second base. Geronimo winds up on third, and Armbrister winds up at second. Pete Rose is then intentionally walked to load the bases. Merv Rettenman pinch hits, but he strikes out swinging. That brings up future Hall of Famer Joe Morgan, who singles to center field, and Geronimo scores to give the Reds a 6-5 game win and a two games to one series advantage. The Red Sox would tie it up the next day in game four, with a 5-4 to four victory, and the Red Sox would sc- score all f- five of their runs in the fourth inning. 
a two-run triple from Dwight Evans, an RBI single from Rick Burleson. Burleson would later score on an error by the first baseman, and Karya Stremski would single home Luis Tiant, who had singled earlier in the inning, to account for all five Red Sox runs. So after four games, the series is tied two games apiece. So it's essentially a three-game series from this point out. Game five would take place in Cincinnati, and the Red Sox would be on the board first in the very first inning, top of the first inning, on a sacrifice fly from Carl Yastrzemski. The Reds would score one apiece in the fourth and fifth innings, and then score three in the sixth, all three runs coming on a Tony Perez home run. The Reds score one more in the eighth inning. Red Sox counter with one in the ninth, but it was far from enough. And the Cincinnati Reds take game five with a 6-2 to two final score. We'll talk about games six and seven here in just a little bit. But first, got to tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts that are needed in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counter man orders the parts on his computer choosing the only brand that his warehouse carries well guess what you've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket why would you choose to spend 30 percent 50 percent 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or dealership chain stores have different price tiers for pro mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they are reliably low and they are a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your classic or for your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specs, and prices you prefer. Why spend up to twice as much money for the same parts? There's no reason to do it. So go right now to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com have you got a question or a comment? If you do, send it on over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com and I will read it and reply to it on the air in a future mailbag episode. I'm still kind of considering whether or not this is going to be the last one until next season. I just don't know. It just kind of depends on how many emails I get. I haven't gotten any for about a week. I have two so far that I'm saving for the next email edition. Hopefully going to be sometime, maybe later this week, maybe next week. I'm not exactly sure. Get those questions and comments into LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Keep them clean. This is a family show. Keep that in mind. This family show will continue talking about the 1975 World Series on the other side of this vital word of importance. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Once again, your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you again, Joey. Locked On Mariners about to continue with this time. Talking about the 1975 World Series, the great 1975 World Series. We have gone through the first five games of the 1975 World Series, bringing us to what many tout as the greatest baseball game ever played, and that is Game 6. 
This took place in Fenway Park on Tuesday, October 21st, 1975, in front of 35,205 fans. And if you say, hey, that's kind of a low crowd for a World Series game, remember that Fenway Park was built over 100 years ago, and its capacity is not that much. It's one of the has one of the smaller capacities uh, in Major League Baseball. In any case, this pitching matchup uh, today was Gary Nolan of the Cincinnati Reds facing Luis Tiant of the Boston Red Sox. Nolan would not last that long, and the Red Sox would get on the board in the very first inning, jumping out to a quick 3-0 lead on a Fred Lynn three-run home run. Gary Nolan actually had a 1-2-3 bottom of the second, but Sparky Anderson pinch hit for him in the third inning, ending his day. The Reds would answer with three runs of their own in the fifth inning, and that was a two-run triple by Ken Griffey Sr. and an RBI single from Johnny Bench. The game is now tied at three, and the Reds would score two more in the seventh inning on a two-run double from George Foster. They would tack on one more in the top of the eighth inning, a Cesar Geronimo solo home run, to give them a 6-3 to lead. In the bottom of the eighth inning, with the Reds' ace reliever Raleigh Eastwick on the mound, the Red Sox pinch hit Bernie Carbo for the pitcher. Bernie Carbo began his career with Cincinnati a few years earlier. There are run- two runners on base at this time, and Bernie Carbo hits a deep fly ball to dead center field, which carried and carried over the outfield wall for a game-tying three-run home run in the eighth inning to make a World Series hero out of a part-time outfielder who once played for the opposition. The game would remain scoreless through the ninth inning. Neither team would score in the tenth inning, and neither team would score in the eleventh. Johnny Bench would lead off the twelfth for the Reds with a foul out to the catcher. Tony Perez would then single, and George Foster would then single. Runners at first and second base with one out. Dave Concepcion flies out to right field, and Cesar Geronimo fans ending what potentially could have been a pretty decent inning by the Reds. As it stands, it's still a 6-6 tie going into the bottom of the 12th, and the leadoff hitter is Carlton Fisk with a 1-0 count. Carlton Fisk hits a high line drive down the left field line. Is it fair? Is it foul? Carlton Fisk famously waves his arms trying to will the ball back into fair territory. And that seems to work as the ball flies over the green monster in fair territory, giving Carlton Fisk one of the most famous home runs in baseball history and giving his team a 7-6 victory over the Reds in Game 6 of the 1975 World Series. This is like Game 7 of the 91 Series, which I described last night, in that just talking about it here does not do it justice. Look for it on YouTube. I don't know if it's there in its entirety or not, but do look for it. That sets up a decisive Game 7, also taking place in Fenway Park on Wednesday, October 22nd, 1975, in front of 35,205 fans. Winner takes it all. 
Red Sox were the first on the board in the third inning, plating three runs on an RBI single by Carl Yastrzemski, a bases-loaded walk by Rico Petroselli, and another bases-loaded walk from Dwight Evans. An RBI single and two bases-loaded walks in the bottom of the third inning for a quick 3 to nothing lead. The Reds would answer in the sixth inning, with two runs, a Tony Perez two-run home run, scoring Johnny Bench ahead of him. The Reds would tie it up in the seventh with an RBI single by Pete Rose to score Ken Griffey Sr. The game would remain tied through eight innings. In the top of the ninth inning, Ken Griffey Sr. would lead off with a walk. Cesar Geronimo would sacrifice him to second base. Dan Dreesen would ground out, and then Pete Rose would walk. Up steps Joe Morgan, who kind of bloops a single to shallow center field to score Pete Rose from third base, giving the Reds a 4-3 to lead. Johnny Bench walks, but Tony Perez flies out to end the inning. Red Sox need one run to tie, two runs to win. Will McEnany takes the mound for the Reds, and his first foe is Juan Beniquez, who flies out. Bob Montgomery pinch hits for Denny Doyle, and he grounds out to shortstop. The Red Sox' last hope is Yaz, Carl Yastrzemski, and he flies out to center field, ending the 1975 season and giving the Cincinnati Reds a Game 7 victory and a 4 games to 3 series victory. On the other hand, Carlton Fisk has said in interviews later that he always says that the Red Sox won the series 3 games to 4. It was that good of a World Series, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed this look back at it. Tomorrow, we're going to look back at the most recent World Series, which ended two nights with the Dodgers taking it uh, four games to two over the Tampa Bay Rays. John Miller is going to join me to talk about it, and I do hope you join us then. Also remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you can think of. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. Remember, tomorrow talking about this year's World Series, and then after that we're going to continue to look at some fall classics of yesteryear, and I might extend this series into next week as well. I'm thinking I might want to do one on 1968, might want to do one on 2001, might want to do one on 1905, and I'm sure that I can come up with others to talk about as well. But do join us tomorrow when we, t- when we talk about this season's 2020 World Series. Talk to you then. This is Joey Martin. Join us tomorrow for the next edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.